With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. From Daniel Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio, it's the Dennis Daniel Show. And now, here's your host. He is Cincinnati's next big radio personality. Mr. Dennis It's me, it's me, it's the good old Double D, and you have found Blog Talk Radio's hottest talk show, The Dennis Daniels Show. I am your host. I'm the guy that's, well, been around the world more times than he can count, Dennis Daniels. And folks, I am excited because we are back from the 20th anniversary of Otakon, the biggest Otakon in history, and we are bringing you the annual summer tradition, Dennis Daniels Otakonathon 2013. For the next hour and a half, Get ready for some of the coolest interviews from some of the greatest guests at the 20th anniversary of Otakon. That includes Mike McFarland, a.k.a. Master Roshi, Vic Mignana, the Full Metal Alchemist, once again joining us, the very lovely Christina V. from Skullgirls and Cone, and the wonderful Jay Saxton from Is This a Zombie and Wolf Children. But of course, we start off the Otakonathon 2013 in a big way with a Hadouken! with none other than voice actor Kyle A. Bear. So sit back, relax, get your favorite drink, because the Otakonathon 2013 starts right now here on Blog Talk Radio. Dennis Daniel Show's Otakonathon 2013, where we're bringing you the very best interviews from right here at Baltimore, Maryland for the 20th anniversary of Otakon. And my first guest at this time, well, he's not too unfamiliar with the Dennis Daniel Show. Back in August of 2010, he appeared on our program and kind of Kamehameha at uh, Zimmer Hall at the University of Cincinnati, and that's why we're not there anymore. He is the one, the only, Mr. Kyle Bear. Kyle, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm excellent. Good to be back. Oh, it's, it's been way too long. And, you know, when we're getting ready to hit five years on the air, we, we're starting to bring back some of the guests that have made icon, made the show iconic and what it is today. Great. And guys like you and Vic Mignogna and Eric Stewart have just paved the way for us to interview guys like Jim Cummings, Tom Kenny, Billy West, the Fonz, and, mm. and dare I say, John Cena. Wow. So, yes, guys like you have laid the foundation for the Dennis Daniels Show to just 
evolve into this this dream child, and it's become so incredible what we've got done because of guys like you. Well, great, man. I'm happy to help. Okay, well, first off, three words. Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. we got to talk about that. You were in a Disney movie. I'm Holy crap. Disney movie, yeah, I know. Pinch, pinch me. I can't believe it. When the first trailer hit, uh, I was daydreaming, going, okay, there's the villains from Street Fighter. I wonder if, because there's still time, if they could maybe have a cameo. And then, magically, my... Um, Agent calls and goes, Disney wants you for Wreck-It Ralph. Like, what? Mind blown. Could not believe it. Went in and recorded um, just solo, you know, with uh, the director, Rich Moore, who was actually the one who voiced Zangief. And um, uh, it was just unreal. I got to record the cameo, like, over and over again because it kept evolving and getting funnier. And, uh, uh, yeah. And the last time I went in, they actually showed me the footage for the scene, fully animated and everything. I mean, there was no lip sync to do, but it was, uh, it was just wild. I, I couldn't believe it. And yeah, he made the he made the joke that uh, it's like we'll just keep rewriting and you'll just keep making session fees. And like I'm okay with that. But it wasn't about the money. It was really about like living a literal dream since childhood to get on a Disney movie. Right. So many voice actors dream of yeah. being in a Disney movie, and here you are voicing Ryu from Street Fighter, who, who yeah, I remember you talking about it when the new games were coming out in 2010, how you were, uh, you know, I, I hope they don't just take the audio from the, from the previous games and put it yeah. in there, and, yeah. and here you go, you're, you're, you're saying something, and you're asking Ken to go to, to Tapper? Let's go to Tapper's, Ken. Sure you can. In the first session I gave them, I said, uh, I said, Rich, you know, his iconic attack move is like, you know, Hadouken. So I said, yeah, give me like three or four. So I did. Two weeks later, they come back and go, you know, our animators actually did a Shoryuken instead, so give us that. I'm like, okay, that's rock and roll. <laughs> hey, hey, dividends, baby. Disney's yeah. making it rain. Yeah, this is one of those rare times where I'm going, I'm going to see some back end. There are residuals involved. So it sold a, a lot of Blu-rays and DVDs and digital downloads. So, um, Hopefully later this year I'll be able to pay rent and then some. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I saw it, there was regular, uh-uh. Blu-ray, uh-uh. Collectors Blu-ray, hells yeah. Totally. Right. And, the only, and the only reason I bought it was because of you. Uh, I mean, no, no. I mean, the movie was fantastic. The movie is fantastic. Like, and just when I saw you in there, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Kyle's a bro. I gotta. He, he does so much for the anime fans. Yeah. He, he he invites them to be friends on his Facebook. He does Kyle TV. You know, he he does all this great stuff, and you know, I gotta help this guy. Oh. He's, he's just so cool, and I regret not bringing it for you to sign. That <laughs> kills me. Uh, it's okay. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a whore. I'm I'm at a lot of conventions. No, you are not a whore. Well, a whore in a good way. <laughs> is there is it possible to be a whore in a good way, Kyle? I'm, I'm not know. sure. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, actors. Part of the business is promotion and uh, convention appearances are promotion and getting your name out there social media is a way to get your as you know as a podcaster to get the word out there for free it's the best free marketing there is yeah. yes but you're going to be seeing residual things for, for years to come and when they yeah. start playing it on Disney Channel and yeah, Disney yeah. XD Oh, uh, that'll be nice you'll be laughing to the bank hopefully <laughs> and I'm so happy that uh, I, I say you know the VO community you know, there's several tiers. You know, the, the the Jim Cummings and the Billy West are like the top tier, and then you know the anime ones. They're not in the. You know, you know, we're trying. We're trying to get up to that level. 
um, but folks that have really made inroads, like Roger Craig Smith, who's Sonic in Wreck-It Ralph, and he was Sonic from the video games, that's why he was chosen, and, you know, Assassin's Creed. Now he's the lead villain in Planes. I'm so happy for him in, in a movie full of, you know, celebs, and then there's, there's one of us, and it feels great, and hopefully Hollywood will remember that you don't have to throw away a $20 million paycheck. You know, we work for a lot cheaper than that. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're in a Disney movie. I don't even know if Steve Bloom's been in a Disney movie. <laughs> I think you won up Bloom. I actually saw Wreck-It Ralph in, at the Brass Con the week Wreck-It Ralph was in theaters, and I went with Steve Bloom. He wanted to kind of go and cheer me on. I said, I can't wait to see this movie. He's like, me neither. It's like, so him, our friends, our mutual friends, con staff, we, we took up like two rows of the theater, and everyone just cheered and clapped, and they... You know, when my scene happened and on the credits, and it's like oh. I almost teared up. Yeah, it's like, this is she, she got an Academy Award. She's oh. got an Academy Award. Best that cameo. Movie. Well, that movie, I think, got ripped. I mean, Disney won in the end because of Brave and the own yeah. Pixar, but uh, come on. B- b- Brave, I mean, have you seen the kid's head? It looks like she got hit in the face with a frying pan got knocked up the ugly tree and fell down and hit every branch on the way. <laughs> My gosh, that, that kid looks unnaturally bright. I mean, with Roger Ralph, they, they look video gamish, which is the point because it's a video game movie. I have no idea what they were trying to do with Brave. I know, I know. It's uh, kind of wacky, but uh, I even saw some test footage of 2D animation for Wreck-It Ralph, and it was beautiful. Uh, it was just black and white, but it showed just a little piece of the monologue from John C. Riley in the beginning. It's like, my name's Ralph. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a bad guy. And this, <laughs> this is one regret I have. I had the chance to audition to voice match Ralph for the video game, and I turned it down because I didn't think I could sound like him. And after I turned it down, I started practicing. It's like, no, I think I can kind of do it. You know, it's kind of. <laughs> but if I really practice, oh, but alas. It wasn't meant to be, which just means better, cooler things down the way. Well, maybe, just maybe, if they add Wreck-It Ralph to the Kingdom Hearts franchise, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, would be perfect. Yeah. Just maybe. Well, I'd be be hip to that, you know. Um, The way they got all those cameos from characters from multiple companies is they just went to E3 and asked. I mean, I, I can't believe that they got so many... Sega, uh, Namco, Bandai. It's just, it's just, it's so mind blowing. I mean, you got Street Fighter, you got Pac Man, you got, uh, you got, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. I just saw the movie a few weeks ago. <laughs> and everybody but Mario. But if they find a way, and Rich said this, he goes, if we can find a way to work Mario in, because that, that's what the fans expect to see Mario. And they did, did mention a Mario at the party, but, uh, you know. So, so how, I, just, I, I don't. First of, I think I think I think Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario, would be first. He'd be all over that, like oh, totally. he'd be over that. Second, how can you have Bowser and a mention of Mario, but no Mario? It's yeah. like it's like uh, uh, uh. Oh, that's like it's like mentioning Dragon Ball Z right. without having Goku. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, the first few episodes after the Cell Saga, sure. where you shined. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Tie that in pretty well. Nice, smooth. I like it. Well, anyway, of course, as many may or may not know, you've undertaken a, a very serious change in your life. And yeah. I, would you be comfortable with telling us, for those who may not know about it? Yeah, this is uh, this is cool. It's the first podcast I've talked about this on. So, breaking news: if the, if you're not following me on Twitter yet or Facebook, my fan page, but um, I was recently diagnosed with type two diabetes, and uh, I have high cholesterol, high blood pressure. Uh, and my doc says, you got to change your life or you're just asking for a heart attack or you're just going to drop dead and that would be sad. And 
I didn't take it in a negative way. The second he said diabetes, I, uh, my mind, it clicked in my mind. It's like, that's the motivation. That is the kick in the ass I needed to hear to make me make this lifestyle change. I need to eat better. I need to cut the crap out. I need to drop weight for the sake of my health. Uh, because if you drop weight, your blood pressure goes down. If you eat the right things, then your blood sugar won't be spiked through the roof and you don't have to, you know, I wasn't at the point where I have to have insulin. I can just take a prescription a couple times a day. And I'm very blessed that I was, it was caught fairly early. Oh, but the scary thing is two years went by between the last time I had blood work. In just two years, if I had gone to have a checkup, you know, the year previous, I probably could have nipped this in the bud. And I'm wondering if aspartame, the ingredient in diet soda isn't what kicked it over for me. I'm not saying aspartame is bad for everyone because it affects people differently. But I didn't start drinking diet soda until within that two-year time frame. And um, a lot of research shows that aspartame spikes blood sugar levels to diabetes levels. And um, I'm wondering if that's not what happened to me. But, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Doc says there's no way to tell. Just Let's let's not be retroactive. Let's be proactive. Let's let's nip this in the bud because type two diabetes, unlike type one, is reversible. So you change your lifestyle. And I've I've been off soda and fast food for about a month now, and I've already dropped ten pounds. And I sleep better. I feel better. And I'm more jazzed than I ever have been. I know the only thing I'm more passionate about is voice acting. But really, to, to, and people have seen it. They've seen the change. They say, your face is looking slimmer. I see a, you know, a fire in your eyes now. You're, like, you're more alive. And I'm, I'm excited and thrilled to make a new me, a me that I haven't dropped down to since uh, like college age. Or college, yeah. Yeah, my college weight was 220. I'm 6'3", guys. So I was like, 220's a lot. But 220 on a 6'3 frame is, isn't bad. Um, but now I'm like, you know, when I weighed the first time at the doctor, 305. Yeah. And I said, oh, my God, I passed the, the 300 mark. This is not good. I'm not happy with myself. Friends, doctors through the years have warned me. It's like, Kyle, you've you're, you got to watch what you eat, man. You're, you're asking for health problems. And it took, now that I have a very serious condition, um, but, you know, I've, I've made the conscious decision to deal with it and uh, I'm more motivated than ever. And I think a positive attitude affects change. There's people that have gotten rid of cancer because they said, nope, I'm not going to let you win. You got to convey me this thing in the face. Yeah, in the face. So, yeah, I don't think I'm going to have type 2 forever. I know I'm not going to look the way that most people know me from the past 13 years. Uh, you're going to see a smaller me a year from now. And uh, I'm excited with social media and so many people following people on a daily basis. Like, you're going to see the change. You're going to hear me talk about it. And, uh, you know, I'm not just going to do it for a little bit and then stop because I can't. If you, if you let yourself go, then, then it'll, you know, it'll, re it'll, it'll come back. It'll come back and overcome. And uh, that's not going to happen. I got, I got way more stuff I want to do in life. It's kind of like, kind of like the uh, Majin Buu of the human body. Yeah. 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 And I'm a parent, too. I have a beautiful 17-year-old daughter, and so I, I got to be there for her, too. I, you know, I got so much I want to do career-wise and with my life, and uh, yeah, I, I did not take this as any sort of death sentence, because it's, you know, it's not, but it is serious. So anyone out there who doesn't go to the doctor on at least for a yearly checkup, 
please consider going. And if you're not, if you're leading a sedentary lifestyle, as most of us do, we sit in front of our Facebooks all day and the and Twitters and sit online for hours on end and don't really get out much and get up and stretch or eat right. Maybe we're just having chips and pizza and soda all the time. Be proactive, guys. It's one thing to have it in moderation, but if it is your life, then you're just asking for trouble. You can't, you know, you don't want your heart to give out on you. You don't want your blood system to become dependent on medication that you can't afford and treatment you can't afford because a lot of us don't have insurance. So fix yourselves now so you can be around a lot longer, feel a lot better, and, and everything. Be there for your family and friends. Yeah, and I look back at my extreme gulp. I've been I've been making some bad choices. Yeah, but I mean we're human, you know, and everyone's allowed to do that. But uh, and, you, and 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 a health a lifestyle is a is a health choice. Yeah. Well, Kyle, you give me a lot to think about about with my own weight. As you could probably see, I'm not exactly a a a thin guy myself. I I'm I'm actually not afraid to admit I I push the 300 mark as well. So seeing you, you know, take all these, you know, mm-hmm. gives me some inspiration. I hope that maybe I can do. That's great. It, it is doable. It is doable. You know, we're not going to become twigs or anything, you know. And, yeah, you still have cheaty meals here and there, but uh, you stay dedicated. Get some, do, do some nightly walk. Kind of, kind of, you got to be like Cookie Monster who realized that cookies are a sometimes snack. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you exactly. know, this, this kind of opens up. Maybe I could consider, you know, cutting back on Mr. Soda over there. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and maybe, it's a hard thing to replace. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, yes, but uh, if anyone, you know, can can be a true inspirational story about this. It's it, it's you. Thank you, man. I mean, you've con. I mean, your characters have conquered what giant snakes. Uh, oh yeah. Demons trying to take over the world. Some of the greatest villains escaping from hell. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is just another another challenge that, yeah. that that you can overcome because you are Kyle freaking Abear. <laughs> Conqueror, oh, conqueror of Frieza, destroyer of Cell. Yeah. At least on my Budokai two game. There you go. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I would love to have you back on in the future to talk about the updates and maybe give some advice for those who, who, who like me, are a little, uh, little on the uh, plump side and could, you know, could use some, could benefit from some of the, uh, from some of the things that you do. Well, I can tell you right now, guys, you, you will feel and look different in just a month if you just cut out soda, if you just, you know, and, you know, fast food. It's so hard because it's addicting. It's how we were raised. And uh, it's tough, but man, if you can just get through that little hump, and then you see the difference, and then you weigh yourself and go, oh my God, I'm 10 pounds lighter. It's doable. And when you see the difference, you're going to get more motivated. Awesome. Well, Kyle, thanks a lot, man. We'll have to have you back on, celebrate the fifth anniversary of the show, so you can tell everyone about your successful weight loss plan. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with the wonderful Christina V. You're listening to the Dennis Daniels Show's Otakonathon 2013. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Bye, 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 bye. yellow and porous is he? Bye, 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 bye. Oh, there, air breathers. SpongeBob SquarePants here. Ow! And Gary. Ah, you are filling your ear holes with the Dennis Daniel Show. Yeah! SpongeBob SquarePants! <laughs>
on Dennis Daniels' Otakonathon 2013, bringing you the very best interviews from Baltimore, Maryland, and the 20th anniversary of Otakon. And my next guest, well, I guess last year when I said that the Doka Mania was complete, well, kind of goofed up, because she's best known as Homura Akimi from Madoka Magica, and even in the hit Skullgirls game, I got the wonderful Miss Christina V joining me. Miss V, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Fine, I gotta say, I've seen a lot of, we talk with a lot of different voice actors about how they got their start in the industry, and mm-hmm. I've seen, I see yours, and I'm like, this is a story that's gotta be told. So, <laughs> what got you interested in acting? Um, Sailor Moon. <laughs> I was watching a Sailor Moon clips um, on the internet after the dub was long aired, and I realized that the animation was the same in Japanese in the Japanese version as it was in the American. And that's when I kind of realized that, you know, the character was being voiced by somebody and that that was a job that somebody had. And so from then on, I wanted to be a voice actor. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. And you, you actually went about it a, a unique way. Normally, some people stumble into the business. Mm-hmm. But uh, you started off by uh, doing a series of YouTube videos on, on the interwebs where these kids today post their videos of the, of the dog riding skateboards and the, and the angry video game nerds screaming at, 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 <laughs> at, these, at these walls of video games. So uh, can you tell us a little about the uh, videos that you, that you started posting on uh, YouTube? Yeah, um, actually by the time I was doing voiceover, I already started doing bit parts and um, I started posting videos. I, the first one I did was the Haruhi Suzumiya, Haruhi Yukai um, English version and that got up to 3 million views in the first year that it was posted. That was really awesome. I saw that actually. That was a, that was a very, very well done done version. I think yours and uh, I think, I think didn't, did, did Wendy by chance do a version of the... No, she didn't do a version of the ending thing. Well, I think if you two both did, I think they both be incredible versions. Of course, <laughs> you. you're the one that did it first, so... <laughs> Thanks. So currently, I guess you're holding the record for the best Harihara Yukai version. Yay. Three million views. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we hit three million views on our channel yet. <laughs> and we've interviewed everybody, Christina. <laughs> So we must be doing something wrong. No, I think it was just being in the right place at the right time for me because nobody was really doing the English dubbed songs yet on YouTube, yeah. especially. So um, for me, it was just kind of being one of the first people to do it and, you know, having people notice that. And I was really lucky. Yeah. Well, it's really cool. And, I, and uh, speaking of Haruhi and YouTube, great transition, uh, I know you also did something called the Adventures of the ASOS Brigade. Yes. For those of you playing the home game, the SOS Brigade is Haruhi's little little gang of misfits, <laughs> in which she has them do incredibly stupid and yet sexy <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Great transition. So uh, tell us about working on the ASOS Brigade. Well, I got that job actually because um, the president of Bondi liked my YouTube dubs of songs. Um, so he asked me to be Haruhi Suzumiya. Actually, the original plan was to... Um, for the Endless 8 episodes, they were originally going to switch out the voice actors for every episode, and they were going to have, like, a Western episode where everybody was in Texas, and it was really cool, but um, I was I was going to be Haruhi in one of those episodes, so that's, that was the original plan, but that didn't end up working out. I'm trying to picture that in my head. It would have been so cool. See, like a, like a Kion going, Haruhi, don't appreciate what you're doing to that Mikuru, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so awesome. I'm giving you to three to get out of town. Again. So we had a Western one. Uh, I guess all we would need is a Dr. Seuss one, then a Law and Order one, original, not a few, and I guess <laughs> maybe even a wrestling one. Maybe see, them all, can, 
see them all compete at WrestleMania. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. That would have been cool. Well, anyway, of course, outside of that, you've also done a lot of great voice work. And one of your best-known characters is a Homura Akimi from Madoka Magica. Uh-huh. And we talk, and uh, last year was Madoka Mania on the Otakana-thon. We talked with Lauren Londa, Christine Marie Cabano, mm-hmm. Sarah Williams, who play a lot of the Madoka kids. And now you play a Madoka kid. Yeah. Those kids today with their with their uh, contracts and their and their hula hoops and their magical <laughs> spells and all that stuff. So so what was it like playing Homura and what did you think of her character? Oh, I love. She's one of my favorite characters I've ever played. She was so challenging, but so such an awesome story. She goes through such a huge character arc. It was great, and um, yeah, I was really lucky and happy to be aboard on that project and. Right now, it's it's airing on network TV in Australia, so I got to go there and talk about it there, and it was really great. So, so Cubie would go, well, Madoka, gonna make a contract, mate. No. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Would Cubie's ear spin counterclockwise? Probably, yes, probably what they did. It's a toilet joke. That's, it's a water joke for Australia. I, yeah, just, that, that show just just these these poor kids getting roped into contracts by giant long-eared cats. That's just that ain't natural, Christina. No, but you know what? He had a purpose. I respect Cuba uh, for that reason. Uh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't, tru- I don't uh, trust cats bringing false gifts. <laughs> uh, yeah, because normally you only have like one of the two-year contract plans. You can't upgrade. <laughs> Cell phone joke. Well, anyway, outside of Madoka Magica, you also uh, voice uh, Sarah Bella in the uh, very popular Skullgirls game. Yes. Now, I, I've never played the Skullgirls game, though I have talked with several people who are who have been in it, like Kim Lintron, Kira Buckland, and, of course, Danielle McRae. Uh-huh. Uh, so what is Skullgirls? And uh, can you tell us a little about your character, Sarah Bella? Sure. Skullgirls is a 2D fighting game. It was created entirely by... In in America, I think that's important to say because there hasn't really been... No, that's not true. There's a Mortal Kombat that just came out very recently. But it's the first 2D game to come out of America in a very long time. It was created by Mike Z and Alex Zahad, who are fighting game enthusiasts. So um, the game has a very special, unique twist to it that these guys have been playing, especially Mike Z has been playing fighting games for so long that he knows kind of what needs to be worked on in, with those mechanics. So he really brought this to Skullgirls. And I play Sarah Bella, who is a... Mafia circus ringleader. She's really cool. She has big arms on her head. Big arms on her head. Yep. Her hat has huge muscly arms, and that's what she fights with. I mean, you know, these, these kids today with their with their hats with muscle arms kind of reminds me of Mystique Sonia from the Hero 108. She has a, a hat with the arms on there. Oh, yeah? It's it, it's really screwed up. <laughs> but I have just I am amazed at all the all the fan support that that uh, Skullgirls has gotten. I mean. Yeah, you know, almost a yeah. million dollars. Right there, right there, right there, Christina. If if that does not say how awesome this game is, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. So uh, so is there any uh, any new uh, projects coming up involving Skullgirls? Maybe Skullgirls Two, Electric Boogaloo, or <laughs> or we're we just finished recording for Squiggly, who is a new character, and we're working. They're working on the animation for Big Band, and then we have two other characters, three other characters after that that we're working on. Yeah. So the game is definitely expanding. Oh, yeah. Maybe you need a character in there who's a uh, slightly overweight uh, radio talk show host wearing a Scotsman's hat. <laughs> that can, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I couldn't hit girls. I mean, well, can you consider these kids girls? I mean, that pain wheel just ain't natural. Oh, poor pain wheel. Yeah. I mean, well, the name pain wheel yeah. kind of implies <laughs> that you aren't going to have a normal childhood. 
Yeah. So, um, are, are there any projects that you're working on that you can tell us about? Um, I can't really talk about anything until it comes out. Because the NDA won't let you say? Yep. Okay, well, that's totally cool. Now, um, now there's there's one show I really, I really don't know much about, uh -huh. but I think, you know, I've heard a lot of buzz about it. I don't know if it's Cone or K-On. Oh, K-On. It looks like, like Con. <laughs> so, so, and of course you play one of the top characters in there. Can you tell uh -huh. us a little bit about her? Yeah, K-On is a show about five girls in a band in high school. And the show is really unique and special because nothing really happens. You're just living their everyday lives with them. And it, it became super popular in Japan. We just finished dubbing the movie. And that's out by Sentai Filmworks right now. And the entire series is available. And who's who's your character by chance? Her name is Mio Akiyama. She's oh. the bassist. Ah. So she, you're, so you're getting back to basics. Yep, to basics. <laughs> so, so, so wait. So you're telling me there's no magical, no magic in it. No magic. No contracts. Nope. No big things that eat the blonde hair kid kid's head. Nope. Just just five girls. Mm-hmm. Trying to become musicians. Yep. In a band. Yep. And they're in high school. That's it. Sounds like a better story than Big Time Rush. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Okay, well, before we go, we, I, I got to talk to you about this uh, this thing. I was Googling this, and I don't know if it's true or not. Uh -huh. uh, you're in this Facebook version of, I can't believe you're in this. <laughs> Where on earth is Carmen Sandiego? Yep. First off, that's awesome Thanks. beyond natural belief. Thank you. So, so if I grabbed you, could I go? I got Carmen Sandiego. Yes, you could. Actually, yeah, I did her. I did her her lines, and it was like this huge audition process. They didn't tell me who it was for, and then at the end, uh, right. they told me the game was released. I'm like, oh, it was oh. Carmen Sandiego. Oh, right. that's awesome. That's, that's that's cool. Carmen Sandiego is an icon in '90s television. Yeah. And, and if, if if no one remembers anything from Carmen Sandiego, they at least remember Rockapella. Rockapella? Yeah, yeah, the, the group, the Where in the World yeah, is right. in San Diego. <laughs> 90s kid, I can't help it. Well, well, Miss V, thank you so much for being on the program. And I can, I can go. Dennis Daniel caught Carmen San Diego. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Mike McFarland. You are listening to Dennis Daniel's Otakonathon 2013. This is Darkwing Duck, the Mallard of Might, and you're listening to The Dennis Daniels Show. Let's get dangerous. Back here on the Dennis Daniel Show's Otakonathon 2013, and joining me right now, I'll tell you what, he is a very talented man. Not only does he direct, produce, and write for Funimation Anime, he's also a very talented voice actor, as many may know best as Master Roshi from the iconic Dragon Ball series, Gene Havoc from Full Metal Alchemist, and Buggy the Clown from One Piece. He's the one, the only Mr. Mike McFarlane. Mr. McFarlane, how are you doing today? Fantastic. That was a glorious introduction. Thank you. Hey, I, hey, I gotta tell you, one thing. Yeah. High school, growing up, yeah. Dragon Ball Z was awesome. Master Roshi was my favorite. And then when they debuted Dragon Ball, a little 
afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, seeing him in, a, in his prime in, in the Dragon Ball series. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I told you this a couple of years ago at OhioCon mm-hmm. that one of my favorite songs was a boom, 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 a D, 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 a martial artist's life is the only for me. <laughs> and that laugh is just, that, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I, can't, I can't do it. Oh, thank you um, so much, man. So but, nice. um, yeah, yes, but what got you interested in acting? Um, I, let's see. I started acting very, very young. I guess like second grade, third grade, something like that. And I really enjoyed it. And by the time I hit middle school, I just stopped. I decided, not decided, I started playing music. I started playing trumpet and I, I later on I started playing guitar and just some other things. And it took me probably until I got in college before I was like, man, I really enjoyed acting. I want to do that again. I mean, I dabbled with it a tiniest, tiniest little bit in high school, but not not nearly, you know, to any sort of studying or extensive uh, uh, delving into it. Um, and in the midst of college, I decided halfway through, I'm like, I know that I'm mostly done with my music degree, but I really want to act, and I really want to continue doing that. So I ended up continuing college for another three or four years, much to my family's chagrin, to get pretty much a double major but it's a weird like BFA in music with a concentration in business and a minor in theater and the minor just being that I didn't want to build sets or weld or anything like that I just wanted to study acting and writing and directing I know that feeling all too well (laughs) I had to in the media it's a sort of fine art so yeah I had to do a lighting course and yeah. Uh, just set, setting up and taking down was just the biggest pain because we had to work on a stage show yeah. as our final. And that just, that was not fun. And yeah. I ended up getting a C on it, which really <laughs> angered me because I missed a day, I missed, I, I got yelled at at work for, you know, not calling and telling them I needed off, yeah. which I was supposed to. But anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a story of a, of a different, of a different uh, color. But anyway, of course, one of your most iconic roles is Master Roshi from the Dragon Ball series, including Dragon Ball, Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Z Kai. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Ball Z Kairuni, which you think that, you think, I, 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 that that last one's a joke. Yeah, yes. It just Kairuni. It is the show that never ends. Yes. What was it like working on the franchise and uh, getting to play? Uh, I think one of the funniest characters to ever come out of anime. Uh, well, thank you. I, um, it was a lot of fun to work on that show and a lot of fun to work on that character. That um, was, believe it or not, one of the first roles that I was ever cast in in anime. Uh, I was cast in two roles as my first roles, which was uh, well, actually there's three roles now that I think about it. Uh, Count Lucifer and the Army Commander and Master Roshi that were all on the Dragon Ball special of Sleeping Princess in the Devil's Castle. And I had such a fantastic time with it, and I received some direction on, you know, do this and this, and that sounds great, whatever else. And over the years, worked with different directors and um, you know, it didn't take me long to grow and to love and appreciate the character, but obviously if you can continue doing it for years and years and years, that love and appreciation becomes, you know, multiple fold. Um, it's always fun to do it again. You know, if there's ever a game that pops up or any more Kai or anything like that, I'm like, oh, cool, we get to do more Dragon Ball, we get to do more Roshi. Um, it's just, it's so super fun. The closest... E- um, feeling to working on something like that lately is doing any of the One Piece stuff they work on just because it's long and epic and you know broad and fun like Dragon Ball was. 
Yes, I just I think that you know when they added Roshi to the roster on the Dragon Ball Z games, I think it really took it up a notch because not only could you play as Roshi, but you could play as his alter ego Jackie Chun. Yeah, which you know, really was a big step because in the Dragon Ball series, when Goku entered his first martial arts tournament, that was who he had to fight in the finals. Yeah, and that was a really really good set of episodes because you know because you always you thought Goku would, he's the hero he's got to win, but that eh, Roshi. Roshi was the one who went. And then again, at the end, when he spends all of Roshi's prize money, I think that's a poetic justice. So, yeah, yeah. In a sense, he won. Well, anyway, <laughs> of course, of course, outside of Dragon Ball, so you're also known as Gene Havoc from Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. Now, I, I love Gene because he's he's Roshi light. He's like Roshi, uh, Roshi free version, and just he's a smoker, he's yeah. a drinker, he's yeah. a womanizer. Yeah, or he, he tries to be all of those things. He yeah. succeeds the most with the smoking, it seems. Yes, but um, despite being a, a kind of a minor character in a sense, what was it like playing him, and what did you think of his character? I loved playing him. And I loved his character. My initial choice on the approach to the voice, of course, along with listening to the stage performance and seeing what's on screen, that sort of thing. But the little bit of swagger that I gave him is actually uh, my impression of Damian Clark's speaking voice, uh, who played Scar in that series. Um, just because I think Damian has such a, a, a cool demeanor and tone. Um, as far as what it was like playing him, um, you know, it, it was fun. Uh, it's obviously a different series tonally than Dragon Ball, so there's some dramatic moments and things that need to be handled just so in order to capture the moment properly. And then going from Full Metal Alchemist to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, there was the additional, you know, of course there was a lot more work to do, but there was the additional um, mental juggling of the fact that he lost some of his mobility partial the way through the series, and that had a lot of impact on how he was approached. What was cool was even after that, you know, everyone is is breaking down crying. He's still saying the the cool cat that he is. I mean, sure he was sad because right. he lost a lot of his mobility, but you know, it was cool seeing uh, Travis Willingham who played Mustang, mm -hmm. seeing Mustang's character develop more and you know more more of a purpose right. because of your character. So yeah. kind of so kind of so your role in the series is like it's like a catalyst, yeah. which you know helps the other main characters develop their sense. And purpose in the series. Definitely, so, I agree with that. I, I really think that's one of the cool things about you. You play characters like uh, Master Roshi mm -hmm. helped Goku, you know, become the fighter that he is today. Mm -hmm. Gene mm -hmm. Havoc gave Mustang purpose after he was shot. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, that's one of the cool. You're like the catalyst of the Funimation anime. You, you play <laughs> characters that help the main characters become the iconic, noble spirits that we know and see them as today. I hadn't thought of that. That's neat. That's neat to. Look back on it that way. Yes. Well, anyway, you're here at Otakon because uh, you voice directed for a brand new movie, and I'm actually quite excited to see this. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Wolf Children? Wolf Children. Um, I love Wolf Children. Wolf Children is the latest film from Mamoru Hosoda, the director of Summer Wars, and before that he did The Girl Left Through Time, and before that he's worked on a few other features, but these three were like his own, his own babies. He, you know, he wrote them, wrote the story, created them, and directed them. Uh, so that's kind of his three films. Uh, that I equate to being his body of work, um, or his body of storytelling in his work. Uh, Wolf Children follows the story of Hana and her uh, kids, Yuki and Ame, through various stages of where they live and where they take their lives, being that they uh, are of a wolf species. They're uh, like part human, part wolf, and all of the 
trials and tribulations that come along with trying to raise children that have that sort of um, background in modern society. So that's what's unique. It's kind of Inuyasha-esque because mm-hmm. Inuyasha was half human, half demon. Mm-hmm. And, that's, it, and especially, see, we didn't get to see much of childhood growing up in mm-hmm. Inuyasha, whereas we see it in the wolf children. And I, I was looking at some of the cast members. Uh, it looks like a lot of new blood coming in, into the series. It's some, for sure. Like, I made it a point to, not like 100% across the board, no matter what, a completely different cast from Summer Wars, but I wanted as many, you know, as far as the bigger roles, as much as possible to not be people that were repeating a performance or re- repeating work with me in uh, two whole set of films in a row. And I did cast Colleen as the lead uh, for uh, Hannah because she's far and away the best person for that particular role and she's a fantastic actor and she really, really um, brought a lot of um, um, personal experience uh, as far as, you know, dealing with her uh, family and, and trials and tribulations there. She, she puts a lot of honesty and... Um, a lot of herself into her performance which comes through no matter who she's playing and in this particular instance with it being Hannah and taking care of these children uh, she doesn't have children of her own but she's very family oriented and uh, could relate quite a bit to it and she sounds fantastic but beyond that I think most of the other cast are people who were not specifically featured in Summer Wars so that was another aspect of the casting well it's cool that you're giving the next generation a chance to get their foot in the door and mm-hmm. I and from what I've heard uh, Wolf Children is bound to be an instant classic has Funimation by chance released a DVD day due for uh, Wolf Children in case they can't uh, quickly use their time machine to travel back in time and sit, catch it here at Oticon uh, I'm not sure I want to say that it comes out before the year end so um, I, but I don't know where well I'm, I'm sure they could stay tuned to the Alt Explosion website and we'll announce when we when the Wolf Children will come out and maybe we'll even give away a copy of the DVD that'd be awesome I, I know that Funimation had a panel earlier today that I didn't get to be uh, a part of because uh, it was um, interfering with some of the other uh, interviews and other things that I was working on. But, you know, who knows? They may have announced it then. Well, I, I, either way, Mike, I think the movie is going to be a, a instant classic. Summer Wars has just developed its own own little click and cult. I, so I think with you behind the cast, and I, obviously you know what you're doing because you, of course, have given us such countless characters and worked on so many great shows. I think that the Wolf Children, and I'm just taking this, a stick on this, mm. I think voice directing with the guy who did Roshi, Havoc, and the cross-dressing daddy from Owen High. <laughs> I, I, I look at a photo of her, I'm like, no. Yes. No. Oh, Mr. Fujioka. Mr. Mrs. Fujioka. Yes. <laughs> yes. I may quote Shawn Michaels, that is one sexy boy. <laughs> but I think that Wolf Children might even compete with a Miyazaki movie. Well, um, I really feel that uh, Hosoda has a lot to say, and that his filmmaking style is something that definitely needs to be seen. And um, a lot of people are touting him as the next Miyazaki and whatever else, and uh, I, I would not argue with that. I think that he's a fantastic storyteller, really writes from the heart, and really has a, a fantastic way of weaving a story and telling a tale uh, and to really get the audience on the edge of their seat, you know, uh, and laughing and crying and doing all the things that you do when you, you know, that you want to do when you go see a movie. Well, if there are some very, very sad scenes involving children in this movie, Mike, I just, I might be shedding dead tears. <laughs> Before we go, do you have any advice for those who want to pursue a career in voice acting? Well, uh, the only, I mean, there's lots of advice. Uh, there's, 
the, for extensive advice, uh, Crispin Freeman has put up a very extensive uh, list of pointers and tips and advice, so go to his uh, website at crispinfreeman.com. And while you're there, check out our interview with him from 2010. <laughs> Do that as well. Um, as far as me initially, just some quick things. Remember that it's an acting job, so despite whatever sort of uh, interesting voices or whatever you have, it's an acting gig, so take acting classes study theatrical acting uh, that will help you into any other avenue of acting that you may want to do, be it voice or film or you know children's theater or anything. You have to have an acting background. It's not just the voice. Beyond that, as far as an additional thing, I would say it would very much be in your interest to take uh, improvisation. Improvisation forces you to make quick choices and to be characters and maintain these characters for moments of time. Um, and it uh, will open your mind up to uh, maybe approaching things that you didn't think you could do before, like, oh, I never thought I could play the hero, or I'm no good at playing this, I'm no good at playing that. Well, in improv, sometimes that's your role, like, you have to do this, and you're just forced to do it, and you find all sorts of things about yourself and what you can do that you didn't think was possible. That does sound like some pretty good advice, Mike. So I thank you so much for joining us on the Otakonathon. And when we come back, we're going to be talking a little soul with Micah Solson. You are listening to the Dennis Daniel Show's Otakonathon 2013. This is J.J. Dillon, the leader of the original Four Horsemen, and WWE Hall of Famer class of 2012. And you're listening to The Dennis Daniels Show, and you better not touch that dial. Otakonathon 2013. It's me, it's me, it's the good old Double D, Dennis Daniel, bringing you some of the finest interviews from Otakon 2013 here in beautiful Baltimore, Maryland. And my guest at this time, well, he may be a new and up-and-coming voice actor, but he is so perfect for the role that he's best known for that his character's name is in his last name. I mean, how perfect is that? I mean, you can't get any, any, any better than that. And of course, I'm referring to Soul Evans from the Soul That's awesome. Thank you. The one and only Mr. Micah Solsad. Micah, how are you doing today? I'm doing peachy. How are you? Doing pretty good. It's like without even trying, you sound like soul, and that's that's pretty cool. Well, I hear we sound similar, but uh, what do I know? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I mean do you eat souls too? Well, uh, only on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah, one of the questions we're going to ask is, uh, how does one eat a soul? And I was, just, I, was, I was curious on how that would go, but that's a little bit later on in the interview. <laughs> so, what got you interested in acting? Um... I, my friend dragged me to a, uh, a summer acting program, and I was hired on to be the drummer. They needed someone to do rim shots for their jokes. For like, they had like the, I think it was like the, the preschoolers or the, the little kids, and they were telling these jokes that weren't necessarily funny. They were just kind of punny, yeah. and they needed someone to indicate, hey, you should laugh here, and that was me. And then somehow I got dragged into the whole acting program, and uh, I thought, wow, that's really fun. And I ended up getting cast as, uh, um, what's his name, uh, Professor Henry Higgins in a My Fair Lady club. I've never seen My Fair Lady. Uh, I was going to say, is that the one where he goes, quite frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. 
Yeah. No, that's gone with the wind. <laughs> I know. I've never seen it. It's the rain in Spain. Oh, the rain in Spain. The rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. And that's, yep. a, that's enough of that. This isn't, this isn't, <laughs> a, this isn't a mic night. Well, anyway, I, let's get to what the fans want to know. They, want to, they, want to, they ask us, they ask Dennis, you got to ask him about this. Okay, right. One of your best-known ca- characters is, of course, uh, Soul Eater Evans from The Soul Eater, which you guys can catch every Saturday at 1.30 a.m. on Toonami on Cartoon Network. Cheap plug. Yeah, believe it. Yeah. So what, is it, what was it like playing Soul, and uh, what do you think of his, of his character? Uh, it, was, it was awesome, unexpected. Uh, I, I was cast as Soul about four months in to working at Funimation, so I wasn't really thinking, like, hey... I'm totally going to get this character, but um, it was an amazing experience. I have a lot of good memories of the show. Um, you know, a show like Soul Eater is so unique and quirky, and it just has so much character. So uh, being able to play the title character is just like a, a, almost like a dream come true. Yeah, four months into the into the business, and you're already doing doing a lead character. Yeah, yeah. I believe I believe a mission accomplished banner oh, is called yeah. at that moment. I dude, uh, I went to a, the TM Revolution concert. Yesterday, yeah. and he played Resonance, the first opening to Soul Eater. Oh, I was cool. like, Oh yes, you are amazing. Is that the, is that the do 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 you know, I always wondered though. So 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 when 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 he's holding hands with Maka, Soul turns into a a scythe. Now, not gonna question. How would that translate later on in life when he's looking for, you know, gainful employment? Like, I, I, I can picture that. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Not Fifty words a, a minute. Excel word power. And you turn into a scythe. Uh, <laughs> tell us a little more about that, Mr. Evans. Well, you know, you could just wave it off as you know. It was it was part of my youth. I was reckless, uh, a bit sharp. Get it? <laughs> Gosh, where's the drum set? <laughs> At my house. Oh. Gosh. Man, wow! A mock job interview with Soul Evans. I think I, I I don't know I don't know what's funnier that or singing Bad Sea with the voice of Apple Bloom. I don't know which one's funnier, but that's awesome. Well, anyway, I mean, I never expected Soul Eater to be this popular. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I saw it when it was first dubbed in Japanese, mm-hmm. and then when it hit English. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been going around the con all weekend. I've seen I've seen Soul Cos. Well, I've seen many Soul cosplayers, which is really kind of screwed up in a sense. Oh, really? I've seen a ton. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, I've I've seen Maka's, Death of Kids, Patty, Liz's, even Rose. a Lord Death. Yeah. Did you see any uh, uh, Keishans? I saw some. I had not seen yeah. any Keishans. That's probably for a good thing. Cause probably... <laughs> oh, the, the the Soul Eaters took care of them. Oh yeah. 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 I've I haven't seen any Souls, and I mean, how could you not want to cosplay Soul? That Slick jacket, that awesome cap with the mm-hmm. button on the front, mm-hmm. the badass motorcycle, or even the uh, the prom outfit, the striped suit. Yeah, pretty dapper. Or uh, or sanity death with the whole piano. Mm-hmm. And that's not music, man. That sounds like like he's just having a seizure on. It's like, dude, it, it's a piano solo. Let's, let's keep it that way. Yeah. Solo. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, of course, uh, moving right along. Um, here at Otakonda premiering a brand new movie. I just, we've been talking about it with Mike and, and Jay, and you play and you play uh, one of the lead characters. Uh, yes. Tell us about your role in the iconic Wolf Children. Um, yeah, I play uh, the older version of Ame, uh, one of the siblings in Wolf Children, and it's just, it's an amazing, it's just, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, Ame is uh, very uh, soft-spoken. He, he doesn't want to em- embrace his uh, his heritage, but as the story goes on, he, he discovers himself. And uh, 
I think that's what the movie is all about: the self-discovery and yeah. uh, choosing your own path. You know, it's it's got to be tough growing up, you know, growing up, you know, with a single mother, but also yeah. growing up knowing that you're a wolf, you're part wolf. Yeah. Especially even it's kind of it's kind of Inuyasha esque. That's what I've been I've been saying all weekend. Like, it's, it's Inuyasha esque. <laughs> I mean, oh, but in Inuyasha, we only saw, you know, the, the fighting side, the, the teenage adult version of him. Whereas, you know, Wolf Children, we see the livelihood of the children growing up, knowing, not knowing that, you know, society will not fully accept them, whether they're human or they're wolf. And that's got to be, first off, it's tough right now just because, you know, having a, having a single mother, raising two children on her own, that's tough. For, that's, that's, that's a mountain right there. Yeah. But then raising them as, uh, as, as, as part human and part wolf, oh, yeah. that just... That adds that adds more fuel to the flame, yeah. and that just it's it's really sad that e- even in this day and age, you know, we can't fully accept people as people, mm-hmm. but we have to have uh, labeled stereotypes. And you know, this speaks out especially in a time when this is is is, is going rampant yeah. as as due to uh, most current events. Yeah. And I think this is this could be a refresher course that you know. We're all people on the inside, and we have our own uh, mountains to climb and, and struggles to overcome in life. So I think this would be a great, a great movie for anyone of any age or of any background who may not, who may just be a little bit unsure about you know people, and would really could really use a refresher course on being a, a, a better human being by accepting everybody, not based on their skin color, not based on their race, their creed, their sexuality, their their background, but by, by who they are as a person, mm. and I think Wolf Children could be the uh, could be a movie that to, that could remind people of that, right? Remind humanity of that. Yeah, and, and it has such great uh, family values too, like sticking together yeah. and everything like that. Uh, it also has its uh, its its funny moments. Oh yes, yeah. So it's a movie where you can laugh and learn. And cry and oh, and <laughs> and cry. I I I hear this is I, this is this this ranks up with the with Miyazaki movies. Oh yes. Oh, you you can't get me to watch Grave of the Fireflies again. Oh no! no, oh, no. no, no Heavens no. no! That's that one will make you shed the tears. Yes. So anyway, outside of voice acting, I, I was um I, I was doing some research last week, and I, I was come across that you are a freelance artist. Yes. So uh, of course, uh, you know, so what's it like you you know dabbling in art and uh, you know do you. Uh, What's your favorite kind of art style? Um, I was originally like an artist, I guess by trade. Acting sort of came later, um, but I've always been a fan of the anime art style. Uh, I tend to to lean towards the like the '90s style, late '90s style. So like Rurouni Kenshin, Slayers, all that kind of stuff. Oh, classics, man. Oh, classics, yeah, definitely. That's, that's, that's cool though. N- not only do you get to can you draw like anime, you are in the anime. Oh yeah. I here's the here's the freaky part. Uh, there's a lot of Kenshin events here at mm-hmm. Otakon, and uh, uh, Nobuhiro Watsuki, who's the the author, his wife is here Ooh, as a guest. Cool. So I I'm still not sure if this was a wise decision, but I decided to give her some a fan art. Of Kenshin to give to Watsuki. I'm still not sure if I'm regretting that decision. Hey, but, uh, no, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> Micah, no. No regrets. No uh, regrets. Trust me. I mean, I mean you're, if, if, if he loves it, that's getting knighted by the guy that freaking made it. That's I one know. of the greatest feelings you can have. <laughs> it was kind of just one of those things. I did it, and then afterwards, I'm like, well, what have I done? I can't take it back. Oh, I really hope he likes it. <laughs> oh, no, no, I am sure that he will love it. I've seen your artwork, and I think it's Cracker Jack. Thank I think it's just much. Cracker Jack, man. So, no, no regrets. <laughs> Thank you. No regrets. So, um, of, of course, uh, 
I, I, people have asked this. Um, could you ask them, would you ever consider cosplaying Soul? Uh, yeah, I've been asked this a lot, and uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I ever would. Cosplay's not my thing, per se, but I wouldn't mind wearing a suit somewhere. Well, maybe you could wear it to MatsuriCon in two weeks. Oh, my. How fortuitous. Yeah. Are you going to be there? Uh, doing, hopefully doing press again. Nice, nice. That's gonna be that's gonna be awesome seeing yeah. you there, seeing you there. So if you don't get enough of him now, come to Matsuri Con the uh, last week of August at the Columbus Convention Center and uh, meet this guy because he's gonna be there. Travis Willingham, Lauren Landa, Scott McNeil, Sean Schimmel, aka Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Woo! But I, I would just come to meet this guy because <laughs> oh 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 you also have him, you have Doctor Stein, Chuck Huber, Chuck Huber you got yeah. Lord Death. I mean, it's all. Oh, John Swayze is going to be there. Yeah, Lord no. Death's going to be there. Woo! I mean, that. I mean, right there. I, I mean, it's going to be fun on the bun. Oh heck yeah! But uh, I, I think, of course, you know, you know, and you're just starting out in your career. I mean, you've got so far to go and so much talent. But let's just let's just hope you're not just uh, you're not just labeled that a guy who was Soul from Soul Eater. Even though even though Soul Eater is an awesome show. Oh yeah. Awesome show, and I think Soul does get abused way too much by Mop. <laughs> Thank you. That's a love hate relationship. <laughs> Maka loves Soul hates the way that Maka shows her love. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough love. I wouldn't want to get one of those Maka chops. And eh, no, not really. All right. So the final question before we go, well, actually we have two more. Um, yep. Do you have any advice for those who want to pursue a career in acting? Don't. <laughs> don't. Don't. Whoa, 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 whoa! Rewind the tape. What? Well, you, you want to make sure you know what you're getting into. Um, acting is not the most secure job. You don't get benefits. There, there is no, you know, insurance involved or anything. It's just freelance work. But if you're okay with that, go for it. Go for it with all you've got because there's no room in this industry for just half-hearted. If you want to say ass, you can go ahead and say ass. I, I try to be good. Half-hearted work. You, you want to do your best and and uh, and don't don't just go into acting because you want to be a voice actor. You have to love the art itself. Yeah. So uh, please just just uh, go for it. You have, to, you have to love the all aspects of acting, the, mm-hmm. the drama, the comedy, the improv. Yes, and the unemployment. Oh, I know that story all too yeah. well. There you go. So. Yeah, sometimes, we, one thing we talk about with a lot of voice actors is getting when they got their start, they had to get you know second jobs oh, to yeah. support yeah, themselves yeah. In, their, in, their acting, in the early stages of their acting career. So I'm sure my, I, my mom's very proud of me right now. I, I, I am the two things you attach starving to, starving artist and starving actor. <laughs> and starving human, and yeah, unfortunately, and unfortunately, you can't eat souls because that that that's that's just not possible. How do you know I'm not human? <laughs> yeah, I think it's the first time anyone's ever said nope to our question about it is the height. Holy crap! What the hell? God, uh, you're an asshole, soul. I'm real. Yeah, a realistic asshole. <laughs> so, so the final, our final question is: I'm curious, how does soul eat a soul? I mean, how does how does how is that possible? I, I'm, I mean, how do you how do you eat a soul? Is it is it like is it like you hold it in your hand there and you and you got to try to to bite it at the right angle? And uh, I, I think it's like a a, a giant slug. You know, yeah. it kind of you just put it in your mouth and you let it go down your throat. Because you said it's it's not about the taste; it's the texture. He said that, so... So they don't... What do they taste like? No, no. Soul said it's not about the taste. It's it's the texture. 
I'm trying to wrap my brain around this one. But if it's a soul and it's free floating, it doesn't have a texture. Mm, that's what, that he, when he grabbed the uh, Blair's soul, it made a little sound. So well, I'm, I'm sure the yeah. in 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 Death City souls have texture apparently. So. Uh, that's, 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 see, see, we can poke holes in that show all day. Mm-hmm. And, and we, were, we were talking with Todd a couple weeks ago about you know getting a second season of Solier going, because there are so many questions at the end of the of the or at the end of the series that are not answered. Oh, yeah. Like, does Soul ever become a Death Scythe? Mm-hmm. Does Maka ever get to see her mom? Does uh, her dad ever ever get some with Blair? Whatever happens to Medusa, because she's still around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what ha- does uh, does does Doctor Stein ever get his sanity back? Mm. Did he ever have it to begin with? Right. What's up with What's up with the pirate chick? I pat. I, I pat. Oh, oh, right. And Marie, I, I I just saw the episode last night, so I get nice. so many questions. Does 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 Death the Kid ever come overcome his OCD? Let's face it, it's OCD. He's like the monk of anime. I was just saying that. I was like, he uh, Death the Kid and Monk should totally. Have like an OCD yeah. party together. Oh gosh. Well, Micah, thank you so much for joining us, and we're going to have you back on in the near future about. Oh, yeah, definitely. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with the fantastic Jay Saxton. You are listening to the Otakonathon 2013. Hey there. This is Ben Tennyson. When I'm saving the world with the power of my Ultimatrix, me, Kevin, and Gwen like to listen to the All Taste Explosion with the Boogaloo Shrimp, featuring John Pokemon and the Dennis Daniels Show. It's hero time! Here on the Otakonathon 2013, and I tell you what, I got a great guest with me at this time. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully with this gig, she can afford to get her uh, get one of her characters some pants because apparently she plays a character that has like these rocket leg thingies, and apparently no pants. So, so, we, so, so this is where this is where the Japanese funding is going. They can make they can make little girls fly, but they can't afford a, a decent pair of trousers. <laughs> Please help me welcome the one, the only Miss Jay Saxon. Jay, how you doing today? Good, good to be here. Oh yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I, this, this is killing me. I'm getting older, and the and the guests are getting younger. That's that that that, that kills me. But <laughs> of course, you know, of course, uh, we talk. as young as you think. Oh, but you look so adorable. Well, thank you. And you got your little cat ears. These are my wolf ears for wolf children. Which we'll talk about a little bit mm. later on. <laughs> Yes, um, of course. Uh, you know, you are you're one of the, uh, of the of the of the new young bloods that are entering the VA scene. Uh, and the show we like to talk, talk about the past, the present, and the future of voice acting. And with people like you in the future, you got, I think the future is pretty intact. So, what got you interested in acting? Um, I've wanted to be a performer um, since I can remember. You know, uh, so I've always wanted to be on stage, singing, dancing, performing in some way or another. Um, so I think I really got into actual the actual acting bug or whatever kind of bit me around middle school when I actually started doing like plays and musicals and stuff like that. Um, actual voice acting. Um, 
I mean, I always wanted to be like on TV or do do voices and stuff like that. Um, so it just was a matter of networking with the right people and getting an audition, and um, you know, the rest was history. Yeah. Uh, when you say acting, like I'm kind of picturing like a like a, like a spider with a with a with a cane and a top hat and a scarf. You know, like one of the Broadway looking <laughs> looking bugs singing "Hello, my baby, hello, my honey." Hello, my <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, man, a cute. Michigan J Frog joke. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Except he's a spider this time. Yeah. <laughs> How would that work with eight legs instead of? Okay, you know what? That's that's actually. He'd have like extra canes. Yeah. And they'd all go side by side. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, well, the first thing I want to talk about is the show Strike Witches. All right. And you play Perrine H. Klosterman. Yeah. And uh, it, first off, this is a unique show because they have these little girls, and they have mm-hmm. these like. They're called striker units. Yeah, and they rocket have the, legs. yeah, and they have these <laughs> rocket legs and these, I guess, magical cat ears. Yeah, they um, it, they actually all have different animals. Like some of them are cats, some of them are bunny rabbits, some of them are um, little dogs. Just depends on, and and that's because they're witches. And when their witch magic sort of ignites, they pop out their ears and they grow a little tail out. And for some reason, they lose their pants. They lose their pants. They um, one of the catchphrases is "winning the war on pants." It's like a funny little. Um, they did like a propaganda style uh, video for one of the trailers, like a World War II propaganda style video, and it was "winning the war on pants." But they can't wear pants, y'all, because they have to be able to slip into their striker units, which are their rocket legs, and go fight the the Neuroi. <laughs> I mean, you think these kids could afford at least a pair, at least a pair of shorts? Maybe, maybe one of those little tiny mini skirts. Or... The fans wouldn't like that. Come on. I, I, I don't know. They're known for their different panties. But anyway, anyway, yeah. Kareen's one actually. She's one of the more modest ones. I think she wears a pair of tights. She wears like black tights and has like white that, panties underneath them. That sounds better already. <laughs> so anyway, um, um, what's it like playing Kareen, uh, and uh, what did you think of her character? Um, she was really fun. She's kind of one of the first uh, bratty characters that I got to play. Um, there would be many more after. Uh, she's really kind of stuck up and um, a know-it-all and kind of wants to be in charge of everything. And so it was really fun to kind of get into that character's head and um, and also to get to do some like military-style fighting and yelling and battle cries. And she has a really cool battle cry. It's Tonnerre! Because <laughs> it's like French. Because they they took um, all the different witches come from different areas and they're kind of historically based. It's kind of neat that way. That's that's, that's, that's really unique. I, I I've never seen the show. I mean, I've seen clips, but I, I just want just it's so cool. First off, the flying around that's awesome. That's that's yeah, yeah. that's some Iron Man stuff right there. I wish I had some rocket legs. You got to have the witch power and and like the to make the rocket the striker units work. So we can make our phones smaller, but we can't afford a pair of rocket legs. We can't make we can't afford to make rocket legs. Oh, gosh, come on, Japan, get on it! <laughs> we need to, we need to get some of them rocket legs, or find some way of accommodating pants with rocket legs. <laughs> some kind of uh, rocket no legs to pants. pants adapt- hey, if guys start doing this, you're gonna want the pants. Are you gonna Trust tell me. me that you guys want the pants? Come on now. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm like Perrine. I'm modest. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, anyway, speaking of brass, that's a great. This is actually a great transition. Uh, you're also known as Haruna from the very Haruna, yes. uh, Haruna from the popular question anime. Is this a zombie? And before I go, I gotta ask: Is that a zombie? <laughs> is that a zombie? Is this pitcher of water a zombie? 
hey, you were going to show that it starts with a question. You're going to get the yeah. you're going to get the jokes. So, <laughs> what's it like playing this magical girl who kills zombies with a, a magical chainsaw? Man, that's that. I loved the fact that she had a chainsaw. I mean, she's just she's kind of ridiculous, and she gets to say some of the funniest uh, lines that I've ever got to say, and. You know, she gets to kick some butt, and she has a lot of confidence and spunk. And, like, my favorite part about her is she's just so optimistic. But then she gets to be really bossy with um, the the actual zombie character, Ayamu, which is always really fun to do, to boss Austin Tindall around. So it was really, really fun. I enjoyed playing her, and I've got to play her for two seasons now, and season two is almost out, um, coming out in September. So I'm really, really psyched. And... uh, Make sure you get that because there's some really cool extra features on that DVD. We actually did a live um, action uh, little skit scene with the four main characters, with me and Ayamu and Euclid Hellside and Seraphim, um, all the actors, a little skit, and then we did a live on-camera commentary. So, so you actually dressed up as Haruna, and you had the and you had the, the chainsaw. <laughs> well, not exactly. You'll have to wait and see. It's it's. It's pretty funny. It's a fun skit. And even Tyler uh, Walker, the director, makes an appearance in it, too. That's good. It's going to be weird. So what do you think the, the funniest line you've said is Haruna is? Oh, God, I can't remember what it was, but, like, any time that I get to call Ayamu a butthole, I just love saying that. It's just so funny to come out of a little girl's mouth on TV, butthole, you know? <laughs> Uh, gosh, I don't know if I, tr- if I trust a little girl with a chainsaw. It seems like anime, these, these, they're, they're attracting these people with chainsaws you've got. But this one has a mind of its own. Like, it actually talks. It's called Mistletane, and it, like, you know, it has, like, a heart and a soul. And A talking it, chainsaw. Come on now. That's pretty badass. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know where that falls in, in my, uh, in my uh, rank of a... Uh, People who use chain. I think that has to be in the top three. So you got Haruna from Is That a Zombie, or Is This, or is this a Zombie, Greel from Black Butler, and then, of course, the top guy to ever eat the chainsaw, Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, or one of the reasons you're here is because you're promoting the all-new Wolf Children, and you play one of the lead characters, Yuki. So could you tell us a little bit about the Wolf Children and what was it like playing a, a little girl who you know, growing up, you know, half human, half wolf, not not accepted by either sides and the struggles that it does it takes to live in a modern day society and when you're when you're a little more different than many people are. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful film by Momono Hosoda and I was so thrilled that um Mike McFarlane the director cast me in this role. It's just got like this sweepingly beautiful music and a really gorgeous story. Um, Yuki, uh, you know, she starts, I narrate the whole film, and I play the older version of Yuki. And she, you know, starts out saying, this is a story about my mother. And she um, just kind of tells how her parents met, um, her dad, uh, you know, being the wolf. Um, and then through circumstances, you'll I don't want to totally give it away, you'll see what happens. Some people might have already seen it, but, you know, it is, um, she's struggling inside, and uh, she starts out, you know, as a little girl, just being really rambunctious and, like, you know, not necessarily knowing where her boundaries are and trying to, to you know, know, figure out whether she wants to be more human or be more wolf-like. And then she's got a, a brother played by Michael Solisad, and, um, you know, they go through the struggles together. She's the older sister, so she's got that mentality. Um, but I just loved... Um, 
the emotional arc of this story and getting the chance to really kind of delve deep into Yuki's character, it was really, really a wonderful experience. Yeah, I think the, uh, one of one of the iconic animals like Inuyasha, you know, had a char- had a character who was half human and half dog demon, and but you didn't really need to see much of the childhood aspect from him. I mean, you just you see him as more of a teenager. However, with wolf children, you you actually get to see what it was like for a child who's half human and half demon growing up. And of course, I would assume, you know, even in modern day society that they have to be labeled with all these all these stereotypes like they're a monster. They don't bring your children near them. They they could attack them. And it's, and it's it's really sad. A mother, a single mother, I believe it's a single mm-hmm. mother raising two children by herself right there that's that's an impossibility on on her own that takes a lot of strength from the from the mother herself mm-hmm. but to raise them knowing that they won't be fully accepted by either the demon society or humane society people won't accept things that are different from them and that they don't understand you know and they get fear is what comes into it you know that's yeah. you know, fear of the unknown and so you know that's why people might um like you say demonize them and uh so their mother really has to protect them in that way, and that's kind of her story, her tale of her trying to protect her children and loving them for who they are, whether it's wolf or human. I think that's a story that we could all learn in a day and age like this. Absolutely. So are there any new shows that you're working on that you could tell us about besides uh, Is This a Zombie of the Dead, which is kind of a oxymoron when you think about it, because <laughs> it's a zombie, it's already implied that it's dead. So why is it a zombie of the dead. I mean, that, that's that's like saying it's a it's a mortal of the living. It makes no sense. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm doing a show called Hog and I. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Not exactly uh, rigging the. It's pretty the, new. Um, uh, I think season one is about to come out on DVD, and I think there's like four episodes up on Hulu right now, or you can go to Funimation.com um, and watch some of them. Uh, it's really a funny, funny kind of lighthearted show. You know, it's about a group of high schoolers who, it's called uh, Hog and I, I Don't Have Many Friends. And uh, this group of misfits gets together and they start a club and they uh, try to you know, figure out how to make friends and, you know, you see what kind of happens in the end. They're just kind of socially awkward fumbling through all of it. And I play a character named Sena Kashiwazaki who's kind of the... Uh, almost like valley girlish one she's really really smart but you know everything she says is like totes obvi and oh my gosh she gets to a brief omg you know she gets to a brief but she's also a hardcore gamer so it was fun awesome (laughs) Uh, so those experiences sound like uh, me in high school (laughs) no i'm kidding i was was awesome (laughs) well uh, do you have any advice for those i know you're just starting out in your career but maybe have some advice for those who do want to pursue a career in acting maybe get their foot in the door for voice acting yeah just Act as much as you can in general because voice acting is a small, small niche. And if you want to get into it, when you finally do get your chance to audition and get into the booth, you want to make sure that that's not your first time, um, you know, trying that sort of thing, that you've honed your skill and your craft in other areas, whether it be, you know, in film or on stage. So just take classes, do community theater, do plays, um, you know, all of that kind of good stuff. And, you know, hopefully you'll get your shot. Yeah, and one day you may end up like like Jay playing a magical talking kitty with wings. Yep. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with our good buddy Vic Mignana. You're listening to the Dennis Daniels Show's Otakonathon 2013. Hey, everybody. This is Ash Ketchum. 
Kevin from the town of Valley. While I'm training to become the world's greatest Pokemon master, Pikachu and I like to listen to the All Taste Explosion with the Boogaloo Shrimp, featuring John Pokemon and the Dennis Daniels Show. Back here on the Otakonthon 2013, and as always, it's me, it's me, it's the good old Double D, Dennis Daniel. And unfortunately, we are just about out of time for the Otakonthon this year. It's been such great memories, great moments, great laughs. But we have a little surprise for you guys. Now, I know we just got done talking to him a couple of weeks ago, but he's like Jello, and you always have more room for Jello. <laughs> <laughs> and they are going to take that so many wrong ways. It's my, it's it's our good buddy Vic Mignogna. Vic, how you hey doing, guys. man? Hey uh, guys, thanks for having me back. I just love chatting with you. Any yeah. chance I get I, double D? Yeah, I, I know, I know. We, I said you can come back on, but I didn't think a week later. <laughs> what the heck? Oh. Well, you know, you know, you're here, I'm here. The recording device is here, so why not yeah. chat a little bit? You yeah, know? yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, first off, how have you been enjoying Otakon? I love Otakon. I love this convention. I, I was uh, I was actually uh, taking some photos of you in the autograph session Saturday, and wow, you have got a ton of people. I mean, there was a line to get into the line to get into the line. Well, I, you know what? I I love the chance to to meet the fans, to interact with them, and let them know how much I appreciate their support of my work, and. Um, Otakon is just one of my favorite events. There are several people on staff here uh, that I just really, really like and have developed friendships with. And any chance to get back to Baltimore and be part of Otakon is a, is a great pleasure. Hey, if you got to be at Otakon anytime, Vic, it's the 20th anniversary. Right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now we've got to wait till they turn silver in 2018 for the 25th anniversary. That, that, that would be even fantastic. Yeah. Man, not, not a lot of things make it to 20 years. I, I think I'll think only a few things that made it to 20 are I think Doctor Who, Otakon, WrestleMania, <laughs> and uh, I think, that's, I think that's, that's a very short list of 20. That is a short list. But uh, anyway, I got some things we wanted to talk about on the on the program sure, that we man. didn't get a chance to. Sure, First man. up, sorry ladies, he's taken. Congratulations on your engagement. Well, thank you, thank you. She's a wonderful girl, and I'm a very lucky man. Uh, I know it's going to break Rachel's heart, but <laughs> I'm sure she'll go on. Oh, I'm sure. Now, the question is, what do you get the guy who can transmutate anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I mean, what can get toasted? Get him a new mother. Oh, oh, oh my feet, all oh, my man. feels, all the feels. He shoots, he scores. Oh man, yes, but um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm really happy for you. I, I know. I mean, back in 2010, she was a girlfriend. 2013, gonna be hearing wedding bell soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of fangirls are heartbroken, but hey, well, I'm sure know, they're happy that you're happy. You know, those fangirls, you know, could be my daughter. So you know, you got, I, you know, as, be, as flattering as it is, and you know what I think? I gotta tell you something. I've I've told a lot of people this before, even even my girl. I don't think fangirls are anywhere near as enamored with me as they are with Tamaki Suo or Edward Elric. I think they're kind of in love or infatuated with characters that I play 
and since I am the closest they will ever get to that character, you know what I mean? Yeah. They kind of like, you know, oh, Vic, but I don't think they really think that much of me personally. I think it's just like Tomiki or Zero or Mousy. Ed or Fi or Dark Mousy. Right, exactly. I think it's the characters that they really, that they really... Uh, oh, oh, Vic, don't on. sell yourself so short. No, I really do. Oh, sell yourself short. I believe it. Ah, Edward Jones. You ah. can't change my mind. I believe that. Uh, I really do. I really do. Well, I, I think. Well, I, I think. It's that, like you know what? I'll tell you what it's like. It's like movie actors that are like you know sex symbols or whatever. But they're or they're or they're you know oh my god so and so so dreamy or whatever. But that's because people think that they're the characters they see in movies. Yeah. But then like if you know them, they're just an average guy, or they're mean. Or they're, you know what I mean? Or they they have a drug addiction or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not the person you see on screen. The people, you know, set them up as as sex symbols. What? And, oh, I'd give they, anything to be with Brad Pitt. Or, oh, I'd give anything to, to spend one night with George Clooney or something. You know what? The reality of those people is very different yeah. from the people, that, yeah. the characters you see on screen. Yeah, they, they put them on a pedestal. Exactly. And actually, I, I think I think that the closest that they ever get to uh, to Broly, I believe, would be uh, Brock Lesnar. Exactly. Because I mean, exactly. he's a he's a big dude. He, he could, exactly. He could, so that's just my yeah. theory. That's my theory, Double D. I'm well, sticking to it. Hey. Hey, congrat- congratulations, man. We're going to find some way of getting you a, a, a blender or something. <laughs> a blender or a toaster. Or I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Did, I don't know. Can you put a, can you, can you register a philosopher's stone at, at, the, at the registry? I don't know. Can you, yeah, you know. I, that's that's going to be, first of all, that's going to be an awesome wedding. It's going to be just epic right there. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, anyway, moving on, uh, of course, uh, a, a role that you're now known for is Obito Uchiha from Naruto Shippuden. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're kind of like the, the, new bad, the new bad guy. So, Orochimaru. Maru, dead. Itachi, dead. Obito, entered. Alive. Alive. <laughs> For a while, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what's it like playing him? Well, and what do you, you know what? I, I really enjoyed Obito, but, but the sad thing is that when he turns bad, or when, when it's revealed that he is Toby or whatever, and, and he's a bad guy, uh, it's a different actor, um, unfortunately, just like in the Japanese. They, they use a different voice, and so... The American company that's making it, or they're like, well, if it's good enough for the Japanese, it's good enough for us. And so, anytime a character changed, uh, they changed voices because some other quality of the character was revealed. They use a different actor. So that's cool, Vic. I'm sure. I'm sure you could have. You could have just changed your range. Well, I, I, I probably could, but you know what? The people that run them make those decisions, decide, and. You know, it's their call, and I respect whatever they decide to do with it. I'm sorry that I'm not getting to do it, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome, whoever yeah, does it. Yeah, Well, that, that, that's, still, that's still kind of a, a bum trivia. You've been playing for so long, and then Toby, and then, bye-bye, Obito. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. But I'm still happy to get yeah. to play him. Now, I was um, I was doing some research, and I, I know that, and this is going to sound really crazy, especially for those who have never heard of it, you were actually in, a, in an animated movie with uh, Ernest Borgnine, who many know as yes. Mermaid Man from Spongebob, the uh, Lion of Judah. Now, yes. first, off, first off, it's animation with a Christian story to it, yes. so could you tell us about, a bit about working on the Lion Absolutely. of Judah? Absolutely. You know what? I, I, um, I was contacted by a, a company, and they're based in South Africa, actually. And they asked me to audition for this, and uh, I did, and they cast me in this role and came to find out that I was going to be the henchman to uh, um, Michael... Oh, my gosh, his name just went right out of my head. 
but a, a well-known actor. And and then I found out that Ernest Borgnine was going to be in it and some different people, Michael Madsen. And um, the cool thing about it was that it was all prelay, which means that you record all the voices first. And, the and they put on. a video camera on your face, so they record your facial expressions when you're when you're doing the lines. And you have a lot more freedom and flexibility, of course, when you're recording the lines first as opposed to anime, where the animation's already done and you're trying to match the mouth movements of the character and still deliver a, a believable, you know, authentic performance. Um, but I really enjoy that. Because of my own faith, my own personal faith, it was a great pleasure to be a part of, of something that had a faith-based theme um, I hope we get to do more because I really loved the guys, Derek and the guys that that uh, that I worked on that production with. Really, really like them a lot. You know, I could see you working for Big Idea and doing the Veggie Tales. I'll tell you what, now, that was great as a child watching yes. the Veggie Tales. I don't see how you're not on there. I mean, in the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything movie, they had Yuri Lowenthal as the prince. So, wait, wait. So Yuri is in a Veggie Tale movie, but not Vic, who would be. Perfect. Are the VeggieTales still going? Are veggie I think, still yeah, going? yeah, they're still going. I believe, I believe they're still going. The the Pirates who don't do anything. That was uh, either two thousand eight or nine. I, I I believe. I'm. I still think. I, I, I mean, I didn't even. I've. You know what? I've not even seen much of VeggieTales lately. But it would be great. I I love those opportunities. <clears throat> I love to be a part of things that have a positive message. As well as you know, entertaining. Uh, entertaining, exactly. I mean, I think I'm the person I am today. Well, cause a lot of factors, but <laughs> I think I'm also the person I am today because of Veggie Tales. Because they just, they, it was entertaining, but it had a message about God, and that's yes. always, a, it's always a great thing. Absolutely. Of Absolutely. Now, of course, I, I was um, at, again at the panel at the autograph session. You were giving away uh, free CDs of um, of you recording scriptures, and it was the Gospel of John. Can you tell us a little bit about you know Absolutely. the story behind that? <clears throat> Absolutely. Several years ago, I was at a convention, and a mother came up to me, a mom who was there with her daughters, and she came up to me and she said, I just want to thank you for being a positive encouragement to my daughter and her friends. She said, you know, I was in your Q&A session, and she said, you know, everything you said, the, the kids just really hang on it, and, they, and they, they really, really eat it up. And she said, you could read the phone book. And those kids would probably enjoy it. I would agree. And I thought to myself, well, now I just had an idea. Maybe I'm not going to read the phone book, but what if I read the Bible and recorded it and gave it away for free? So I, I have a studio in my home. For months, I, whenever I had a free time, I would go in and record a few chapters. And then I, I, when I finished it, I thought, what can I do to make this more fun to listen to? And I went back and played the piano underneath the whole thing. And then I thought, what else can I do? You know, so I, I did little voices to the character with the characters to try to differentiate them. And I used a very contemporary translation of the Bible that's very easy to listen to. The whole purpose being, the whole purpose being to, um, to make it accessible to people. And then I spent a lot of my own money getting all of those discs pressed, you know, paying a company to make all those CDs, and then I give them away at conventions because um, I, I feel like it's a, a, you know, something that I can give back to the fans that's of great value and importance in my life, 
and uh, and it's just a, my free gift back to them as a means of showing my appreciation for their for their support and their kindness. And if I'm able to give them some kind of encouragement that somehow grows them or helps them in some kind of a relationship with God or with others, I mean, what a what a gift! I'm I'm honored to be able to do that. That that, that is that's just fantastic. And you do this out of your own pocket, which makes it even more of a greater gift. And of course, you know, like God's love, it's a gift. You Absolutely. don't have to take it. It's there if you want it. Absolutely. I mean, you I mean, I've heard of, and I don't like to, you know, get into this cuz you know, I don't know the entire story. There have been rumors going around the around the the, the, the grapevine that, you know, Vic Mignogna is a jerk. He's he's pushing Christianity on people. He's he's trying to convert, you know, those he's trying to convert people to to be this way or that way and push and I don't of course, first of all, I don't think that because well, all you have to do is be around me for ten minutes. Yeah, and you know exactly. that I don't push anything on anybody. Number one. Number two, you know what? I wanna I wanna address that. And I know we just have a few minutes left, but I wanna address that. Mike's all yours. There are people in the world who are very antagonistic toward Christianity and God. They don't like it. They don't like the way it makes them feel, that makes them feel kind of guilty or makes them feel like they're accountable and they don't want, you know, they don't, they don't want any of that Christianity stuff. And anyone who advocates a relationship with God or Christianity is somehow suddenly the enemy. And there are a handful of people, not many, but there are a handful of people out there who actively seek to ruin my reputation, to, to, to make up lies bold-faced lies about me because they don't like the fact that I take a stand for my faith. And you know what? There's a passage in Matthew 5 where Jesus says, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. There it is. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, Listen, if you take a stand for me, there are going to be people that hate you. There are going to be people that, that try to slander you and make up lies about you. But just you're blessed and rejoice in that because it means you're, you're making a difference. Um, I have people who think that I have certain opinions because I'm a Christian. If I had a nickel for everybody that's written me or said... I heard a rumor that you're homophobic, that you've been banned from conventions for making homophobic remarks, that you that you hate gays, blah, blah, blah. That's garbage. Listen to me, everyone. That's garbage. I have never, ever made one disparaging remark about homosexuals. I've never made any negative comments. Uh, about anything like that. I've never been banned from any convention for doing for saying anything like that because I've never said anything like that. And the reason that they think that is because they know someone in their life or they've seen people on television that are fanatical Christian who call themselves Christians and they talk negatively about homosexuality, right? They condemn it. God hates gays. God hates this and that, right? They see those people on television who call themselves Christians. Vic calls himself a Christian. Ipso facto, Vic hates gays. They jump to that conclusion because, because I claim to be a Christian. But you know what? I'll say it here. I've said it a hundred times and I'll say it again. God loves everyone 
as much as he loves you or me. God loves a, 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 a gay guy or girl as much as he loves a straight guy or girl. It makes no difference to God. His love for them is the same. And for that reason, I love them and treat everyone exactly the same. But there are a handful of people out there that are just, they're cantankerous, they're not at peace with themselves, and they look for ways to make trouble, they look for ways to stir up trouble for people that try to take a stand for their faith. Did you ever notice how it's funny that that people could run around conventions and advocate hentai and run around and be very vocal about you know about any of a number of issues and nobody cares it's all fine but somehow when I share my faith it's quote unquote shoving it down people's throats isn't that interesting nobody ever gets accused of shoving their beliefs about whatever down people's throat but Christians often get that label and and it's unfortunate it's unfortunate but I want to end by saying this everybody I believe that God's love is good news. It's a gift. It's a good thing. And if I believe that God loves every one of these fans as much as he loves me, if I believe that his gift is available to them as much as it is to me, then what kind of a monster would I be not to share it? What kind of a horrible human would I be to keep that gift to myself and not tell other people that God loves them as much as he loves me? That's that's like the best thing I could ever give somebody. You know what I mean? If if there was a woman out in the hallway right now who is giving away $100 bills, okay? She's giving away $100 bills. And she gave me one and she says to me, go tell everybody, come up here, and you'll get $100. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to run around and go, hey, go upstairs. There's a, there's a girl giving away $100 bills. She's giving away free gifts. That's good news. And people would come racing up here, right? It's exactly the same, only much bigger. God is giving away a free gift. And i got to tell people about it. It's a good thing. It's not shoving anything down people's throats. It's not trying to convert people. It's not trying to to do any of that. It's basically sharing good news and a gift with people. And I love doing it, and there are always going to be people that don't like it, but that's just part of the deal. So. Wow. <laughs> I think I just had a fangirl moment. <laughs> what? You're like... He's so dreamy. Oh, you're hilarious. Oh, that was, no, that was, man, that was beautiful, man. Well, thank you for letting me share it. Um, It's of great importance to me. uh, And, you know, I I, I want to be a positive encouragement. And, and, you know, I want to be a light, you know, to to people and and share love with people. That's beautiful, beautiful, man. Well, Vic, thank you so much for being on here. That was good moment of the year stuff. Well, see, we didn't we didn't know what we would talk about oh. here for, since we just had an interview I, a short while ago, I know. but I'm glad I we know. got it to you. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for the Otakonathon 2013. I want to thank everyone that made this so incredible. And check us out at altisexplosion.com. Like us on Facebook. 
follow us on Twitter at AT Explosion, and we'll see you down the road. Until next time, this is Dennis Daniels saying salutations from Baltimore, Maryland. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.